Yeah, you should never take uh, um, uh, develop, developmental yeah. standards, and mm-hmm. and you shouldn't take offense at those. Uh, uh, we always crack down on the attitude. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the attitude is something that you should discipline over um, versus that, you know, uh, age appropriate behavior. Yeah. Like there is some age appropriate behavior that um, that you can let that you can let it kind of slide a right. little bit as long as there's not a defiant heart behind it. Yeah. Once it starts to get into defiant heart, that's where I think we're actually setting our kids up to fail by just placating to that. Mm. Um, because I, I think a lot of the times we're afraid of offending our own kid, you know, and especially as a younger child, we're trying to make them happy. And I think that's where it comes from when you get older, I'm trying to make my kid happy. So I'm trying to eliminate any of their, the speed bumps in the, their life. And so when we start out younger, I keep telling my kids, like, I'm your dad. I'm sorry that this, it's not going to make you happy, but this is what's best for you. Mm. Well, you've brought up two things now that I think are really good, Wayne. Uh, number one is that the kids, you know, have to be able to suffer consequences at some point. Yeah. Uh, and, and those consequences sometimes will reflect back on the parents, but we can't let our own feelings right. of the way we feel because of the way our kids are acting affect the way we handle our kids. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is the idea of trying to be your kids' friends instead of being their teacher, their mentor, their all of that, and wanting our kids to like us. We all want our kids to (laughs) like us. Yeah. Being happy isn't the ultimate uh, goal in life. Mm. And actually, that's one of the things that they're seeing with Gen Z and millennials is happiness is the ultimate goal. Mm. Like there isn't um, satisfaction, purpose. There isn't the the uh, uh, standard like working through hard things. We just want to be happy. So our priorities are wealth and our priorities are our hobbies. So stuff becomes internal instead of external, the exact opposite of what the scripture tells us is going to make us happy, uh, being a servant to others. Yeah. And I, and I think you bring up a good point. Again, going back to scripture, the, one of the biggest tools that that I feel like I wish my parents would have done more is shown me the biblical narrative of failure. Yeah. Uh, Mm. You know, when you fail and you, again, as a teenager, when the little things happen and they just keep happening, whether it's school or whatever, it feels like your life is ending. (laughs) Like as life, as you know, it, you're just like, it's, it's hitting you on all sides and you feel like a failure. And, and I wish that parents would just sit down and say, listen, look at David. Right. Failure after failure. Look at Samson, who in his failures, you know, was working more for did more for God. Like, right. As a result of his failures at the end of his life than he did his entire life uh, up till then. Yeah. Well, and there's so many places where failure, it's not just in the Bible, but like Hershey went bankrupt how many times? 13 (laughs) times before. And he was trying to make caramels, you know, like (laughs) he never intended to make the Hershey's candy bar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And failure is one of those things that um, I think parents have gone through. And so they know the hurt of that. And they want to help their kids avoid their mm. failures. So instead of talking through, hey, this is my where I messed up, and this is where I found redemption, and this is how I have overcome these failures, what a lot of times we do is we try to eliminate those failures for the people that we love the most. Mm. And in doing so, it harms. Yeah, they, I know that they've said about Thomas Edison, he didn't fail a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. He figured out a thousand ways you can't make a light bulb work. Uh-huh, right? Yeah, right. yeah exactly. that's what I was just going to get into. The idea, we talked a little bit about reframing failure. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure, I may have said this on the podcast before about Meet the Robinsons. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love but that they, movie. But he like, tries to make this peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. machine and it, it blows up in everyone's faces and everyone's like, oh my goodness. 
and he's like destroyed and then the family says you failed and they like have this huge celebration about failure and I love that so much because yeah. you can learn from failure you, how much you don't learn nearly as much from success if we can uh. reframe and teach failure that you this is something you can learn from and even in the realm of like like not just you did something wrong, like incorrect, but you did something morally wrong. Right, like right. you can still steer that in such a way that you said, man, I know that you made a mistake. You shouldn't have done it this way. But what can you learn from this situation? Because mm. like we said, Samson and David and all yeah. these people that we can frame this this failure into something so much bigger and so much better. It yeah. is much harder, though, to frame moral sure. failure sure. into a lesson for success than it is a peanut butter and jelly machine exploding. Right. So how do we do that? Chris doesn't have the answer. <laughs> That's a great question. That's going to be edited out. Everybody get Awkward really silence. quiet on that one. Okay, it's, I got, I got, look, it's not, it's not easy, and that's yeah, why. Nah, you're right. Because, because when we're in the middle of that, first of all, as parents, we are upset. Right. It reflects poorly on our parenting skills. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't mm-hmm. let your kids' failure sure. reflect yeah. poorly on your parenting skills. Yeah. Right, because they uh, have a choice. They do, especially as they get older. I mean, we're talking about, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. As they move through that time period, they're going to make choices that will disappoint you and disappoint God. But they're not going to surprise God and they shouldn't mm-hmm. surprise you either. Well, and the, there's a great article on the Fuller Youth Institute, uh, which parents, if you're listening, check out. They have great articles, great resources. Fuller, F U L L E R. Thank you. Yep. Yes, not. Is there an. Uh, uh, you just. It's hard uh, to say. It yeah. was hard oh, to. I, yeah, I really just wanted to spell it out. No, <laughs> I just good. wanted to spell it <laughs> I was like, what did I say? I don't remember. Um, he was just proving he could spell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, a question they say to ask as a parent, because mm-hmm. we're talking about this idea how do, we, how do we not let it affect us? How do we be proactive instead of reactive? The one thing they say is, what does my kid's failure teach me? Mm. And it goes on, it says, a lot of times when kids fail, a parent's reaction is very telling. It tells us that parents have more wrapped up in the success of certain things than their kids. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. And I mean, and it goes back to the idea of a lot of times we project ourselves on our own sure. children. Yeah. You know, um, and we take it personally. It hits our pride, all of those things. I do I, that with my dog. Right. We do it with everything. <laughs> like, honestly, like when my dog is like barking right. at people, I'm like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Right. It's nothing to do with me. Right. I mean, we probably do it with our youth group too. <laughs> Absolutely. Our kids act up. Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm so offended right now that you just did that. <laughs> right. But again, we're not thinking to ourselves and being ready that proactiveness for those failures to happen. Mm. And I think that's really that big step. How do we turn that moral, uh, that moral issue or that moral situation into working through failure is, we have to be proactive instead of the reactive parent mm. um, and youth leader, teacher, whatever it is, whatever ser- scenario you're in that induces or causes failure. Uh, you have to be the proactive one. I think that that first thing you said as well, that what can we learn? Mm. Like, I think that's such a great way to guide people through failure. Not because like, I don't know. A, a lot of my experience is just like, all right, let's move on. You know, let's yeah. let's get to the next thing. And let's, uh, my personality is very failure aversion. Like mm. <laughs> aren't if, we all? Yeah, very much so. Um, so like, what can we let's not rush right over it let's take a second what can we learn from this right and and fix it in the future and, and mm. do it differently in the future as parents this is hard for us because we want to first of all fix it right away mm, yeah uh for i'm going to tell a story on one of my brothers uh that is really indicative of this all right turn it off david gonna, and mike we'll make turn sure to send off. this to him. that's right uh, he was probably uh 10 11 years old somewhere around there they had just installed a new alarm system in the church a fire alarm system and he um set off 
the fire alarm. Oh, fire company comes. <laughs> my mom went through the roof. Pastor's son yeah. at the church. Devil the child. fire company's there. <laughs> yeah. um, it was really bad. My mom goes into the kitchen of the church, and she grabs the first thing she could find. At home, it was a wooden spoon. Mm-hmm. There were none at church. It was a metal spoon. David, I mean, my brother has never <laughs> let her forget it. Um, and it was two things happened there. Number one is, and this is what we were talking about, embarrassment for my mom. Yeah. Her son, the pastor's son, had done something that in her mind was was really bad. Now, it turns out that it was just because he is a super inquisitive guy, went sure. on to become yeah. a doctor. Wow. He likes to know how things work. Yep. He didn't pull the alarm. He took the key, which was hanging right above the alarm. He says, why do they put the key above the alarm if they don't want us to open the thing up? <laughs> well, when you open it up, it lets the plunger out when you have broken the glass and, and that set off the alarm. He was just curious. Uh-huh. And later on, my mom, of course, had to apologize to him and all that kind of stuff. But it was that whole thing that that impacts each of us as parents that puts us in a situation that makes us make sometimes the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. I, something great from that was that your mom apologized. Yeah. Mm. And I think modeling good failure mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. And, and something yeah. we kind of touched on a little bit, too. But if we can show them what it looks like when we fail, yep. um, I think. Kids are going to learn a ton from that. And my mom apologized to my brother a lot. Take from that what you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in that, that, there has to be a certain amount of humility when you are in that space. Like, um, yeah. So we have to recognize, A, their failure isn't going to be a reflection on us. Right. And then there will be times that what, what they do makes us do something wrong, you know? And right. so for us to be able to yeah. humbly, like that's part of the issue. We're not, we're not allowing failure. We don't want to be humbled at all. So we're going to, if I can eliminate the failure of my kids, then I don't have to be, I don't have to look like a, a bad parent in right. front of my peers. Right. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I am, I am not a perfect parent. My kids will attest to that. They know what I've done wrong. Now, they don't go tell it to everybody, I don't think. <laughs> we should ask. <laughs> we'll have them on the podcast. There you oh, go. I'll tell you what, you know, when parents send their kids somewhere else, and if you've got to give them a talk before they go, <laughs> yeah. now, you know, then you may want to do a little reexamination of yourself. Yeah. And, and I think that's yeah. not a bad thing either. Sure. Well, that's different from the pep talk to try to keep them out of trouble. Like I have, <laughs> there are, no, that's setting expectations, right? There, yeah, you, you, there is a uh, if you have to cover up, you know, ghosts and skeletons, then, <laughs> then that goes back to what I, I just one of the things that I have learned from youth ministry is my kids will perfect the sin that I, oh, yeah. you know, that oh, I yeah. play around they'll, with, and they'll find it. Yeah, they'll find yeah. it. So, so I, and I think some of the helicopter parenting and that lawnmower parenting is. Is our we as parents have done something, and we don't want our kids to mess around with it. So we're just trying to we we know the hurt and the harm that it's done. Like on the good side, we're trying to help them. But I think honest conversations about personal failures, just like Chris is saying, and just like Brian alluded to, we have got to say this is the sin, this is the area that I've messed up, and this is where I've found redemption. This is where I found hope. This is how I've overcome it. Does that diminish in our kids' eyes us as parents if we have to admit our failures? They already know what your failures are, dude. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> they, have, they have, they have, they have meters. They know yeah. 
how bad you are, you know, like, and, and that's the thing. That's why we need multiple people around us. That's why we need youth pastors because my kids see where I'm a mess and they see my failures and they're judging my faith and they're judging everything that I believe based on my, my flaws. Mm. And so they need other people in their life, giving a different perspective, giving hope and seeing, you know, uh, seeing the redemption through the failure. And I think it, it also has to do with a lot of times uh, us modeling, you know, and, and actually walking the walk, okay. or walking the talk, I should say, that we are uh, saying. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had parents come to me and be like, I have no idea why my kid is acting this way or acting out this way or he won't listen to me anymore. And it's oftentimes you, you, you try to do it as gently as you can and you don't want to be a jerk about it, but you obviously have to ask a question, okay, is everything in your life as it should be? Or are you living in a situation where they're just looking at you as a hypocrite? Yeah. Mm. Um, and and, and, and that, that doesn't just go for parents. That goes for us as ministry leaders as well. You know, we want to make sure we're modeling uh, authenticity and transparency and at the same time uh, being above reproach uh, as often as we can and, and being blameless, you know? Yeah, because teenagers can smell phony, you know, a mile away. Yeah. Absolutely. That's been said a bunch of times. Um, so, like, they don't want their, even their parents to pretend that everything's perfect and i think like a lot i see a lot of young adults that just they have this disconnect from older the older generation just because of that they see mm-hmm. they have seen a lot of people in their lives pretending like they're perfect pretending like they don't know what failure is and that has done damage to their to their view of them then they then so if you don't want to look like a bad parent like if you pretend you're perfect, you're going to be labeled as prideful and inauthentic and pretending and, you know, and, and concerned with your image too much. And like, none of that's good either. Nobody wins that. Well, and mm. that was probably one of the most impactful things in my life as, as growing up is seeing that, especially with my father, because my father and I, we traveled all the time playing sports and he was my coach since I can remember. Um, but in those moments when he's making those mistakes and I'm watching this happen, knowing that on the ride home or later that night, that conversation is going to be had like, son, I shouldn't have done that. Wow. You yeah. know, that, so he would have that conversation. He would have that conversation. That's, and that's okay. one of those things that I've always looked back on as like, wow, okay. He, I know he wasn't perfect. None of, no parents are, sure, right? right yeah. But at least I understood what it looked like to apologize to that point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just see that vulnerability, which not, not many people do. And again, because you don't want to be wrong, right? And, and we don't want to show that vulnerability because we, if we're honest, especially being a parent of young, two young kids, I want my kids to think I'm Superman, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to think that, oh, well, my dad's <laughs> going to have anger issues about this when I get home, <laughs> right? None of us want that. But that's a realistic, uh, unrealistic expectation to have. Yeah, Superman goes away somewhere between 11 and 13. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. No longer Superman. They begin to see the failures. They begin to see those things that, that challenge yep. their perception of you. And and it, it it's something that we can let go. Yeah, right. And one of the things that we're seeing is uh, no matter if you're a Jesus follower and listening to this or if you're somebody who's like far from far from doing anything with the church one thing you got to realize is our kids are are making that determination between eighth grade and ninth grade so um, what age is that uh you're oh my son is my son is 13 and he's in eighth grade okay. so 12 11 12 13 uh your kids are determining whether or not they want to follow your system of of 
the way you do life. And so right now it looks like alphas, the generation alpha or Gen Z, there's is two ways that they're being described. They're less likely to align with their parents because of the inauthenticity and they've seen how their parents have done things and they don't trust the way the parents are doing things. So they're just going to go after success and they're going to go after things that make them happy with hobbies and those type of things. Mm. So um, if we don't have these conversations really young, um, we're, we're already losing them because everybody's, everybody's talking about authenticity. Mm. Um, so we need to start, you know, taking off the mask and having real conversations, eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12 with our kids. Well, I think one of the things that we need to take up in the next podcast is these conversations with our kids. How do we have these conversations with our kids? When's the best time to talk to them? When can we say, you know, I'm not all that. I, you know, I and and I'm working through this life just like you are, yeah. and and how to have those conversations because they're not easy, are they? No, <laughs> they were always awkward for me and my dad at first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. Yeah, they were. I mean, realistically, because you're like you're apologizing to me, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. I right. could see the battle in my dad, right. battling oh, yeah. his pride. I could see that. Oh yeah, yeah. And, 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 oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like he would like send me to my room after he lost his temper, and he would come in later like. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I remember that. But I remember that. Like, and that you must taught have me something. To mom. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, mom was at it again. Uh, oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, I look forward to it. Our, our next conversation, uh, we'll have this conversation about how to have the com- not that conversation. Not that. No, 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 no. Maybe someday. When a yeah, man someday. loves a woman. <laughs> That was Brian Cross. We'll edit that out. Oh, that's right. Uh, no, that's staying in. <laughs> no, uh, sure. That's, okay. that's fine. Well, you've been listening to the Parenting Stuff Podcast. I'm Tim Madeira. I'm Wayne Morgan. I'm Chris McNaney. I'm Brian Krause. And I'm Jake Claypool. And we hope that you have enjoyed our conversation on failure. Uh, we also encourage you, if you've got a question that you would like to ask the guys, send it to us at parentingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. That's parentingstuffpodcast at gmail.com next time we'll have the conversation about conversations but you can help us direct where we're going with your emails so send us your questions parentingstuffpodcast at gmail.com Welcome to the Parenting Stuff Podcast. Looking forward to another great day with our youth pastors. We've got Wayne Morgan here in the studios, Chris McNaney, Brian Krause, and Jacob Claypool. I'm your host, Tim Madeira. Glad you're with us today. Talking about freedom to fail today. Anybody got a good failure story? I definitely do. All right, Jake, let's hear it. So this is from my I like how confident you are. Actually, no, this is college. Sorry. Uh, So uh, this is like just a life moment fail where you're just completely embarrassed. And I don't, you probably all can relate. You're in youth ministry for Pete's sake. Um, But so we're, I'm hanging out with my friends. I get home from college break. We're walking down uh, Hanover, PA, which is not the same Hanover that is around here. Yeah, the other Hanover. That's Hanover. That's Uncle Liv. Yes, that's where I grew up. Right outside of there. Pretzels. The pretzels. Sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. So we're we're hanging out and we're walking down like the main drag of Hanover, and this is a like 
nine o'clock at night, so all the cool people are out. They have truck gangs in Hanover, so like they're <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Taco Bell. What is a truck gang? It's basically everybody who with a big jacked up truck oh, on like a twelve inch okay. hangs yes. out together in a okay. McDonald's parking lot. Yeah, they think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, um, they park in the Tesla station. <laughs> <laughs> they do that here at Sheets. That's true. It, it depends. Sometimes it's Sheets. Sometimes it's McDonald's. Anyway, I love it. Um, so we're, we're hanging out, and I'm walking in slippers because I'm that cool. And we go, well, we were going to Walmart, He's actually. Walmart cool. <laughs> we were going to Walmart. Um, so we went to Walmart, come back with Redbox, and it's cold. So I've got my hand in my pockets. I'm holding the DVD, and I trip. Oh. Now, most people would take oh, their hands no. out of their pockets and catch themselves. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I, t- I took a straight header on the concrete, no. just face plant. Oh, a little hockey right, mouth, huh? And, and not just anywhere, but right in front of 50 people at McDonald's oh hanging out with their goodness. truck gangs. Oh my. Which the best part was, my friends, I couldn't get up. My friends had to pick me up by their elbow, my elbows, <laughs> while I'm hearing, ha, 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 in the background. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was one my friends always bring up. No, I'm sure. That's great. Wow. I'm sure. Tragic. Yeah. Life, tragic. <laughs> well, we were talking last time about stress and anxiety, and one of the things that came up as we were talking about it was this idea of uh, where parenting is at right now. Yeah. We went through a time period. We had the helicopter parents. They were mm-hmm. the ones that you know would not. They, they're just hovering around their kids all the time. Uh, and then you brought up something, Wayne, last time. Yeah, um, the idea of a lawnmower parent, like mm-hmm. somebody who would go out and try to eliminate all problems for their kids. They're just going to totally, you know. I've had those people call me up and and you know. Why don't you give my kid a little bit of extra blessing or a little bit extra grace for trips or for events? And, you know, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize that parents cared that much about what's (laughs) what's going on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, we're afraid to let our kids fail nowadays mm-hmm. and we're afraid to let our kids go through some hard stuff. And then when they do go through hard stuff, we just kind of want to sweep it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that as I was thinking about fails, I actually took my parents car for a ride, a joy uh, ride, a joy ride oh, oh, oh. with my mom's blessing to take it to the end of the road, which probably nice. hindsight probably oh, mid, lived in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York. And, uh, I just thought it would be a cool idea to take it to the gas station, get some gas with my friends. And so, so a little extension beyond the parental yeah, permission, about a seven mile extension. <laughs> and, uh, and as we were driving down the road, th- there's never a more terrifying moment in my life when I pop up over the hill and my dad is going the opposite direction. Oh, and, and, uh, and so long story, it's an, it's an amazing story to tell at camps, but, um, uh, I, my, they grounded me for a month mm-hmm. and then did not allow me to get my driver's license for over a year. Wow. And so I look back at that and I go, wow, they understood the gravity of what yeah. I did. And also they, they, to the inconvenience of themselves, um, put something on me that was a consequence that really was something that, that, was a lifelong learning experience for me. And this is hard for us as parents sometimes to put those, because we do wind up paying the price sometimes uh, (laughs) of our kids' failures. And so oftentimes we do what we can to help them succeed. Even so small as, uh, you know, forgot their lunch and Mm -hmm. it's a regular thing and taking that lunch to them. Anybody else uh, failure stories? Yeah, so that's kind of along the lines of mine. My mom 
was a public school educator for over 30 years, and she's awesome. Uh, if you're bless listening, mom. her. Hi, mom. <laughs> uh, and she Hi, had me, so yeah, double blessing. Double blessing. Uh, anyway, um, so, you know, when you're in school, you get your you know progress reports from your teachers with your average, what you're doing so far in the marking period, and you're supposed to take it home and uh, get it signed by your parents, no matter how well you're doing, whether you have an A or whether you're failing. Um, so uh, I started habitually forgetting uh, to have my parents sign my progress report. On and purpose? I, no, not on purpose. Oh, okay. I just, I don't know. I was, just uh, wondered how the progress was playing there, Super Brian. Smash Brothers and yeah. completely forgot the yeah. original, not the weird stuff we have now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so I would always do the whole Oh, hey, could I go to the bathroom to my teacher like right before I knew she was collecting the slips Classic. and I would get signed out of my class and I would just go right to my mom because this is when I was in elementary school. And my mm. mom was still in the wow. same building. So I just go right to her room. And the first time she actually allowed it, like she actually did it. Okay. Uh, I was just like, oh, like, you know, I didn't, you know, I forgot this. And like, there's consequences if you don't get that sign, like you get points off and, you know, or you get a bad grade or just an incomplete for your homework. Well, the second time like, she didn't sign it, you know, so this is kind of on a smaller. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, no, thing great. of a fail, but Man. I, you know, I, it, and it, I never forgot to get my parents' <laughs> signature again. Well, yeah. and, um, and I think that's part of it too. You've got that habitual thing, the difference sure. between a habitual or a one time, you know, yeah. thing. Right. And, and your mom said, hey, this is not smart to let this go on. And that's a good, right. And it was an lesson. abuse of the relationship and the convenience that I had of mm. my mom being at the school. You know, not every other kid's parents were there. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, for me, it was actually much the same thing. My mom, the principal of the school, a Christian ah. school, nice. uh, sports, you know, played basketball, played football. And if you didn't get stuff done within a certain time, you didn't go. Yeah. And, you know, those away games were important because that was like a half a day off school. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Party. I spent time back at the school and yeah. uh, and finally learned, that, you know, if I don't get my stuff done, that I, I've got to do it. Yeah. And and even though I had the, the person that could have given me some grace, yeah. she didn't do it. <laughs> How about you, Chris? That's funny. That good my, job, Mom. My story's a little bit similar. I think my parents struck a pretty good balance of yeah. you know, giving grace when you can. and Because uh, I remember going to school early one time for a field trip, and uh, we pulled in the parking lot. We are not an early family. We were never <laughs> – I'm trying to break Amen. that cycle, but That's we were not – That's where that comes from. An early – yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Chris was the first one That is right. Today. I did good true. today. I was the last I one. I learned this lesson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we pull into the school early before school starts, before people are there, and we're pumped. My dad took me on his way to work, and I realized I don't have my permission slip. Oh. And that conversation was not cool. <laughs> so my dad did not take that news very well, but he did drive me home maybe faster than I've ever been. <laughs> I don't know, though, because he drove like a giant truck for work, oh, yeah. and it was flying, and I, my life was in danger, but we did make it. <laughs> I did have my permission slip and was late, but made it on the field trip. Mm. Um, and also, I can think of like my parents almost forcing me into failure, like because I, I'm not an athletic person, <laughs> and I have never been in my life, but yet I played years of baseball and years of football. My parents are like, you're going to do this. You're going to have this well-rounded experience. You're going to find out what you're good at because I love music, and I you know, got good grades, and, and some of that went to my head at times, you know, mm. and, and I was definitely dealing with some pride stuff, but they said, all right, you try baseball, you try football, and uh, we'll see where your gifts are and where they aren't, and, and I failed a lot of times, and mm. I learned and grew a ton from it. So how do we allow kids to fail? How do we, as you just said, Chris, strike that balance of letting them fail and knowing when to show grace? Because look, we serve a God of grace, mm -hmm. yeah. 
But at the same time, he gives us the consequences of our sins uh, for us as we're looking at it on that level or our mistakes. How do we how do we strike that balance? I think it starts early. Like it starts real early with parents understanding that the kid's failure is not indicative to the character of me as a parent. Yeah, oh, good. so you're saying that sometimes when we make our kids succeed or don't let them fail, right. it's because of the reflection on us as parents. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where you're, you see your child, even very, very young, doing something and it's an offense to you. It's not that they have done something that is completely outside of the realm of normal, mm-hmm. but it's offensive to you because, you know, like, well, we don't like the the giants we like the philadelphia <laughs> eagles like there's there are some Ooh. things that we fight listen patriots fan seriously uh there are some things that we take as offense that really aren't that big of a deal mm. but that is a it, it's an offense to us as a person because like for me i'm a basketball guy you know i love basketball my youngest loves the idea of baseball you know and and so i hate baseball absolutely hate it and so i've tried to avoid those kind conversations mm-hmm. but if he gets to the place where he was interested in baseball you know then i will i will team, learn huh? yeah. yeah i will learn to like baseball the orioles are a great team yeah <laughs> <laughs> go mets <laughs> i think too it comes down to to reframing failure you know so That's often great. failures looked at as a super negative thing which obviously to an extent it is but the question's not asked nine times out of ten i know at least when when i was my parents were allowing me to fail is how did we get here right right like what what were some of those decisions that you made that we can work through together and realizing too that when it when you're two to five years old it's way easier to fail and way better to work through with a child yeah. than, mm-hmm. than yeah. waiting till they're 17 or 22 living in your basement right mm-hmm. now you're not going to have that same conversation with the two to five year old <laughs> right. as you right. would exactly. be with the 17 year old right otherwise they still will be living right. in your like, basement at 25 like for example the other day which my wife posted gladly on facebook uh my two-year-old decided to draw all over the one wall i of my saw house. that uh, yeah not a clue <laughs> none of us had a clue and it probably was a week or more that went by before we noticed it and I was ticked and I'm thinking to myself he knows not to do this and all these things are going through my head and then my wife's like dude he's two <laughs> like, he has no idea what you're saying I'm mm-hmm. like yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, it was interesting because I saw your wife put that yeah, out there. Right. And and uh, we, your wife and I, had a conversation about the difference between uh, willful disobedience yeah. and childishness. Right. 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 And, and there's a big difference, isn't there? Right. Yeah. 